In 2015, Assistant Professor Karen Valgoder from the Department of History, Copenhagen University, published a book with the title Imperial Childhoods and Christian Missions. Today, we are going to talk about her book, her main conclusion, and how she has reached them. I'm Linda Conning-Smith, Professor of the History of Childhood and Education at the University of Aarhus, also in Denmark. I read the book with great interest and as an example of transnational studies in the history of childhood on one hand, but also as an interesting example of emotional history since the focus is on the bonds and relationships between adults and children. I will also say that I am quite impressed with your ability, your current ability to constantly make things more complex than they seem. Writing about complexity is not easy, but I think your study is a reminder of the fruitfulness of this approach. It expands the book's focus from the small colonies of the Danish missionaries to missionaries from other countries, mainly from Britain. So my first question, Karen, is could you give us an outline of your book? Well, the book uh, deals with uh, childhood and the encounter between Danish missionaries and um, South Indians, mostly uh, Tamil-speaking uh, people in um, the Madras presidency in the late 19th century and early 20th century. And what I do is I look not only at the indigenous children, but also at the children um, of the missionaries themselves, mm -hmm. as well as at their efforts directed at children in Denmark. So mm -hmm. I look at different categories of mm -hmm. children um, in this encounter. And also different categories of adults. As I mean, well as this, yeah, that's, that's true. very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then what I do, um, I have this approach that I call micro-historical entries, um, mm -hmm. which which means that I look at specific junctures or specific events or conflicts um, and then I try to unfold them and see what they can tell us about childhoods in this encounter. Mm. Um, I pay attention to uh, gender, class, mm. religion, these all come out of, of mm. the specific encounter, you can't really avoid those. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, and then I also look at emotions, mm. uh, which is uh, the history of emotions is a relatively new field and mm. it's bargaining at the moment mm. um, with research centers all, all over the world. But mm. for me, the interest in emotions actually uh, came from the sources themselves mm. because if anyone, anyone who's familiar with uh, missionary sources will know that they're kind of seeped in emotional language. Mm. So um, I became interested in, um, in the stakes of these emotions, mm. what, how come, what does it mean uh, to educate children in pity or to mm. feel pity, mm. what does empathy mean to these missionaries mm. and what's the politics, mm. what are the politics of these emotions. Mm. Um, so, so those are some major themes um, and because it is, uh, because I do uh, have this microhistorical entry approach. Mm. I don't construct, or I don't seek to construct one overall narrative, mm. or mm -hmm. or have one kind of uh, story that I wish to tell. Um, but rather, I try to look at, at different subjects. Of course, there are certain red threads running throughout the mm. the book, but uh, but my point is rather to kind of um, to to probe different uh, mm. different subjects. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, I, when I read the book, it was the every you know every chapter has had its own narrative in a way, but it added a new perspective to the chapter I just had read. You know, so right. in that way, it works really uh, well. Uh, there's one thing I was wondering about, and I can also see you are making a remark about this in your book. I mean, the children themselves, we don't actually know so much about. No, that's mm. that's very true. I mean, mm. it's hard uh, as in most uh, most subjects within the 
history of childhood, it's always hard to, to get at the children's perspectives mm. or to locate mm. their agency mm. or mm. their experiences. Mm. I have, uh, in some chapters more than mm. others, tried mm. to call the sources for mm. traces of mm. the children's agency. Mm. Um, and, and so in the first chapter, for example, I, I follow this, um, or we follow mm. uh, this one boy called yeah. Adam who, mm. who runs away from mm. the missionary boarding mm. school in mm. which he is enrolled. Mm. And then I, tr I kind of try to trace all, um, all signs that we have of his, mm. uh, his experiences or mm. his agency. Mm. Um, Mm. Uh, in in this mission mm. uh, school, but mm. but that's it's really hard and it, it requires mm. a different kind of approach. So mm. it's true that I have focused mainly mm. on the adults, but mm. but whenever I, I saw the opportunity, I also yeah, tried to follow the children somehow. Yeah. What about the sources? I mean, where did you find all this information? Because um, yeah, know. I mean, that was when I first uh, outlined this project. That was my greatest worry was mm. to see because. Having read quite a bit of missionary history already, I could see that all, more or less all missions had boarding schools, or mm. they would run an orphanage or a regular day school and mm. Sunday schools and mm. so on. Um, but hardly any other historians had dealt in depth with the children, mm. so mm. I didn't really know, mm. you know, how much is there to find about these mm. children. Mm. But once I started opening up the archives and the publications, the children just kept jumping out. Mm. You know, mm. there was so much stuff about mm. the children, um, and I was quite surprised, actually, precisely because no one, no, very few people had actually. No, exactly because about when you before. look in the sort of ordinary or mainstream pr uh, mission history, which I'm about to do because of another research project, it's obvious that they are left out. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and that's that's really uh, it's kind of strange too because the children occupied a central place in, mm. in many of these missions I've come mm. to realize. Mm. Um, and also because education was so poor, important. Education was crucial mm. and most missionaries carried this idea that um, what wouldn't necessarily work with adults had a greater chance of succeeding with children mm. because mm. they hadn't already been too negatively affected mm. by heathenism mm. or by mm. the culture in mm. which they um, mm. they were kind of socialized. Mm. Um, that's one thing, and the other thing is that in you know in the past two or three decades, m feminist mission historians have focused a lot on women, both on the white women in who went with their husbands or who went on mm. their own mm. as missionaries uh, to um, you know India or mm -hmm. Australia mm. Uh, or wherever to to. Uh, to convert people, mm. and they've looked at you know interactions with indigenous mm. women and the extent to which mm. the mission uh, missions created mm. new mm. Uh, opportunities mm. for these women and so on, and the fact that you know for many of these women children will have been central yeah. is kind of totally neglected, yeah. and yeah. that that really is kind mm. of um, surprising. So now there have been a few other attempts to to look at children in mission history mm. and I think that's a very welcome development mm. because uh, it's certainly crucial to the mission itself mm. but also to you know to understanding more about these yeah. um, international encounters you uh, as, as I read your book you have two sort of major points that that I would like to discuss with you one of them is that the the, the, the concepts and the understanding of children develops as long as you go, I mean, from mm. the early 19, 1860s, 70s until the years around 1900, that's right. one conclusion. And the other one, which I find really intriguing, is sort of how this transnational, how these ideas travel, mm -hmm. and the how the view of the missionaries of these so-called quote-unquote heathen children in some way plays into the contemporary and those days 
contemporary mm. Danish debate about mm. childhood. So if you could say something about those two sort of strands right. in the book. The first, uh, the first part about um, the, the changing understandings of children and mm. childhood, I think, is, is probably the, um, yeah, the most important finding in the book. And in some ways, it's not that surprising, because mm. this is a time when other um, uh, historians of childhood have pointed out that, uh, that childhood was sentimentalized, mm. and adults and educators became increasingly preoccupied mm. with protecting mm. children mm. against, you know, uh, heavy workloads mm. and mm. you know ensuring mm. their education mm. and and raising children in mm. a gentle manner mm. Mm. Um, and there was this increasing notion in many parts of society that that children were innocent and lovable mm. and mm. so on mm. and that they had to be loved mm. um, and and then so uh, what I what I notice here is that you know to begin with um, the Indian children are considered uh, almost like little perverse adults as Shatadur mm. Sen mm. would, would mm. say um, they. Um, they're not really considered mm. children at all. Mm. They don't know how to play. You mm. know, they li lie and they mm. steal without shame and so on. And um, but then increasingly, even Indian children are, uh, or the missionaries begin to consider even Indian children, mm. children, mm. you know, who are innocent and lovable mm. and so mm. on. Mm. So what you could say is, in a sense, um, well, first of all, this idea of the child as innocent, innocent is strengthened. But then also, the children in the mission field, the indigenous children are increasingly included into this category of, of the innocent child. Mm. Um, is there any difference between the view of boys and girls in this? Or because um, not, that, no. not that I've found mm. so far. Mm. I mean, um, actually, both men and women missionaries talk mm. about both boys mm. and girls mm. in these loving terms, and mm. they become very keen to establish uh, kind of intimate and tender ties with mm. these children. Mm. And mm. so. Whereas in the 1860s and 70s, mm -hmm. they would use violence and fear and yeah, so on as yeah. educative methods. Mm -hmm. they, they more or less abandon those. Mm -hmm. but this is really early compared to what happens in Denmark in right. regards to sort of ordinary poor children in Denmark. They would still be beaten and punished sure. and shamed and what else. Right. So yeah. in that way, they were mm -hmm. first movers mm -hmm. in so far as the sources tell. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you can... I mean, this was their ideal. Mm. I cannot say for sure that they mm. didn't actually beat the children <laughs> sometimes, but they wouldn't report it back home because mm -hmm. this was, in so far as they did mm. use um, physical punishments, mm. it wouldn't be something that they were mm. proud of mm. and would mm. want to report mm. back home to mm. the mission friends mm. in Denmark. Mm. So they were promoting a new conception of education and childhood um, among themselves, but also to all of the readers in Denmark. Um, and, and how can we measure the impact of this? See, that's a very good question, mm -hmm. and this is why I haven't, I haven't made it a conclusion that mm -hmm. they had a, a decisive impact mm -hmm. on the Danish conception of childhood. Mm -hmm. Rather, what I do is I suggest that we should, we should begin to consider these transnational mm -hmm. connections mm -hmm. to a greater extent and mm -hmm. to understand what the political stakes might be mm -hmm. of making this a universal concept of childhood, mm -hmm. and I want to return mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. But I think this is a, this is a problem that haunts much of cultural history. Mm -hmm. We can't, you know, we can't measure impact. Mm -hmm. We can't mm -hmm. for sure determine cause and effect. Mm -hmm. What we can hope to do is to render a certain development probable or mm -hmm. to, to a, a certain connection probable. Mm -hmm. And so I think in order for us to make that conclusion um, more definitively, we would have to make to to do a lot more research. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure. I'm not saying you yeah. know this is for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. What kind of research could one do? Because that's when you close your book, or when I close your book, I was thinking, what could one do to sort of make this, um, which is a really um, 
a sort of uh, engaging conclude or sort of uh, challenging uh, statement how could we what line could we pursue and if we should sort of underpin it or make it more sort of I wouldn't say likely because I, I totally agree with you it's just how could we how could mm. we get it found it around it I know that there's one um, Danish PhD student at the mm. moment who, who is working on measuring or, or discussing qualitatively mm. and quantitatively the, mm. the, the impact of the Danish mission in Denmark. Mm. Okay. Um, this is not concerned with childhood in particular. No, no, but I mean, the, me the methods could be the right. same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what he does is like he, uh, he goes through all of the national broadcasts mm. um, that concern the non-Christian world or the yeah. non-Western world, okay. and he examines who were the authorities uh, describing mm -hmm. the non-Western world in, mm -hmm. say, up to the 1920s. Yeah. And, and then he's and what he finds is that missionaries played a crucial role. They were like in, in that's they really were that's really fascinating when you think of of their position in the contemporary Danish society. And true, it's really very, very true. As kind of translators of, of what went out outside of, of the country. Yeah, and there are other you know other avenues to follow. Of yeah. course, I mean you could do interviews and so mm. on. But people obviously won't always know how they got the understanding of the world that they they do. Um, uh, because, but what I've found is that when I present when I've presented some of these results at conferences, mm. I've had people from Denmark uh, raise their hands and mm. telling me about how, um, in when they went to school and they had geography class, mm. you would have a missionary coming to tell them about Nigeria or um, Madagascar or oh, India. Yeah. So, so. But I also think, I mean, the churches were, I mean, way back, you know, uh, sort of a cultural center in many not only villages but also in suburbs and, and bigger cities so in that way sure. I mean, they probably have also have had a sort of a, a position where they actually could come and give talks and people Definitely. would be interested that's also one other thing I discuss mm. in the book mm -hmm. how how you know how all of these missionary publications were shared yeah. among yeah, you know yeah. friends and neighbors yeah, yeah. and how they would go to the same kind of um, lectures mm -hmm. by missionaries who travel around the country yeah, when they yeah, went yeah. home and further well, that's and so that's on. obvious there's a lot of traveling among missionaries also within this country Definitely. That's for true. Mm. Um, I was wondering what has surprised you the most, because one thing is that you are surprised as a reader, but what has surprised you the most? Well, um, you know, the thing is, that's a very good question. The first time uh, I reread my project description about two years into the research, I was I was kind of shocked at how much I'd already figured out before I started doing <laughs> the research. I was like, didn't I, didn't yeah. I come to any surprising conclusions? But I think one of the major things for me has been to um, to try to discover and also to try to um, to mediate uh, the extent to which missionaries were as a community but also as individuals were extremely uh, paradoxical mm. people who could on the one hand who managed on the one hand to be uh, quite r racist mm. and anti-racist at the same mm. time mm. or they could be progressive when it came to gender questions mm. and still promote an, a patriarchal um, understanding of uh, mm. gender relations mm. among the people whom mm. they sought to convert mm. or uh, you know they could they could promote a very um, sort of uh, quite progressive understanding of childhood mm. while at the same time um, probably employing methods that they mm. wouldn't have mm. um, defended mm. at the same time mm. so my so, so to 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 see those paradoxes and to mm. try to seize them and not smooth them over mm. them which mm. is you know, normally as cultural historians, mm. we we have certain categories, and mm. then we we look for them, and mm. then if something is kind of discordant with mm. what we thought, we mm. we probably intuitively often try mm. to kind mm. of uh, leave it out. But but I what I tried to do and mm. uh, was to to seize these um, 
these complexities yeah. in a way and, mm. and, and try to... Um, well, that's also what makes the book a fascinating read because every time you think, okay, I got it, then a new complexity comes <laughs> into it. Um, I was going to ask you yeah, about, I mean, you also, I mean, you, as you said at the beginning, you're looking at uh, children of various ethnicities and also adults, both Danish and um, uh, their parents of these children. But I was thinking the relationship between the Danish parents and their children, mm. it differed. Uh, to the relationship they had to either their foster children or their their, their the, the the children yes. they were taking care of. Right, it's quite uh, it's quite a sad story in some mm. ways because you can talk about a dual displacement of mm. children because mm. returning to what I said about the stakes of this new universal concept of childhood, mm-hmm. um, what I what I argue is that once they come up with this notion mm-hmm. of the child is innocent, it also mm-hmm. becomes increasingly urgent to save these children from their parents. Mm. So uh, the missionaries engage in all kinds of practices that serve to displace the, the mm. children's parents, the mm. children's indigenous mm. parents, mm. so as to raise them as non-heathen mm. and, and in a way to make them become more like white mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Christian children. Um, at the same time, they ship their own children back to Denmark mm. because they, uh, well, it, it has a certain similar rationale. They were worried that um, Indian society and climate and so on would have a corrupting effect mm, on their mm. children. So while they they take uh, Indian children into foster care, mm. they at the same time ship their own children home. Mm. And I know that you know these missionary children have had very different relationships with mm. their parents. Mm. Many of them didn't speak Danish when they went. To that Denmark. resembles what happened to British missionaries because I once read a fantastic article based on letters between parents and children. The children mm. were sent home to mm. boarding schools, and yeah. I suppose that's kind of a similar. It is similar, Mm. Elizabeth Bertner Mm. has written very Mm. fascinatingly Mm. about this. Mm. Um, I think probably what's different in the Danish community is uh, that um, we don't have as strong a tradition in Denmark for sending children to boarding school. Mm -mm -mm -mm. So parting with your children as a Mm. middle-class parent was not, you know, a common Mm. way of going about things. Mm -hmm. And and certainly you can see how parents describe the agonizing yeah, they suffer I they mean, suffer deeply yeah, and yeah. and and they also need a lot mm. of empathy mm. among other missionaries mm. as they do so um. so my final question would actually be how did you um, keep I mean how can you have a dialogue or how did you manage to have a dialogue with all your colleagues because that runs through the book you have a dialogue with a lot of people uh, from who've been working with this how did you um, how did you do that uh, did well, you put them in a, in a database so when you when you typed in a word then this person popped out or with keywords and how did you do that? Well I think I just probably read a lot of literature mm-hmm. alongside mm-hmm. my research and and, and it, it and it became very clear to me that there were incredibly there there was an incredible 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 number of parallels between yeah. the Danish missions mm-hmm. work and the work of other Christian missions mm-hmm. um, of different you know, uh, congregations. Mm. Not, I mean, even there are even some parallels between Catholic missions mm. and this Protestant mm. mission. Mm. So, um, and that became a way for me to um, to ensure that this, or to at least I hope that this would will make uh, this book relevant for more people. Yeah, than but that's just obvious. This is not about only about Denmark. I mean, it's true that the focus or the lens through which you mm. see this, but it's a book about missionaries from other places who are sort of going through the same challenges mm. and engaged in similar yeah, things yeah, and yeah. sometimes you can see radical differences yeah. and then that becomes mm. a question mm. about 
does this have to do mm. with uh, with um, confession, or does it mm. have to do with mm. uh, the particular mm. context in South mm. India, or the Danish mm. context, or mm. what has what causes these differences? Mm. But mostly, I've been surprised that the the many overlaps. Yeah. Should, should be so honest. you actually just you know you made notes and then you you kept them in your head, or right. because yes. it's a lot yes. of people, a lot of research to remember. As long as you go, I would it is had me me, I would have been carried away with, with my own narrative <laughs> and forgot <laughs> where I. You know, well, sometimes it might be a bit too dense with other people's yeah. uh, work. Yeah, that that's a matter of taste. Um, so a final question: Is there anything you would have done differently? I mean, is there anything that you could think if you should have continued? I know you're working on a new interesting project on the history of divorce but but I mean what what is anything this that you could have done differently or you would like to certainly yeah, I mean yeah, I yeah. think there are always there there are always things that you that would have been great to do differently and I think uh, one thing that for some reason um, well I think first of all I would probably have focused more on the um, connection to Denmark mm. and uh, to investigate in more ways how the mission worked in Denmark to, mm. to, um, to reach Danish children because mm. I think that was actually a crucial part of the project mm. and and that would have kind of um, made the book more balanced in mm. certain mm. ways but mm -hmm. also uh, rendered even more probable this connection. Yeah, between yeah that's true. Um, so, and, and of course, I would always, you know, I, I, it, it would always have been nice to, to look more at the children's agency and mm. I probably could have done more to... to mm. um, to get at that. I was mm. just so fascinated by these stories that I found mm. that, mm. that that those were the ones that I decided to mm. present in mm. the end. But mm. but it would have probably been possible to, mm. to dig out even more mm. about the children themselves. Mm. Well, thank you so much. It's been really um, a great um, joy to read this book and it's also so well written. I am surprised that, you know, that, I mean, so much I've learned with a very short, time so congratulations thank, thank you, you so very much, much. <laughs> thank you